Welcome to another episode of the Rayados 90 podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and my co-host, Pat. Pat, how are you doing this uh, international week weekend? There's no Monterrey football, so it's been pretty quiet. Not a lot of drama, like or not a lot of like chaos like we had mm-hmm. last week. So it's been pretty quiet, but there's still a lot of topics that, you know, that we got to discuss. Yeah, I think, I mean, um, you know, it's probably good that we had this little break with Rayados just because of how things were going. I think Twitter, Rayados Twitter was burning down and uh, this helped it out. But yeah. uh, no, I'm, I mean, I like international breaks, uh, but it just gets to a point where I get bored. Yeah. And, you know, you wake up in the weekends trying to see some games and there's nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah, I usually go from morning to, like, nighttime. And I don't know, like, yesterday I was like, why, what am I going to do? There's nothing to watch. And and so, well, we're going to talk about the international break because on the show we have uh, a good conversation you had with um, your BN Sports colleague. Yeah. Yeah, was it... uh, Fernando. Fernando, yeah, Fernando Ceballos, you had a good conversation on Stefan Medina. Uh-huh. You had uh, talked about Rayados. You talked about uh, Liga MX as a, as a whole. So good. It was a good like 13, 14 minute conversation with him. And yeah. and so, yeah, so I hope everybody enjoys that. But first, we got to talk about earlier in the week, um, Julio Davino finally made a public appearance. I think he was coming out of an airport, or he was leaving, or yeah. he was he, he was arriving from somewhere, and so you know the media caught him, asked him, you know, a good, you know, it was a good couple questions, and I just want to ask, you know, do you take any way, do you take anything away from that? Is I mean, for me personally, the way he was talking, his tone, it didn't look like he would be firing Diego Alonso because you kind of get a feeling when a uh, management yeah. wants to fire someone like it's usually short questions and little answers like we'll we'll talk about it with so and so or or you know the answers are usually short and straight to the point but you know he was ob- he was obviously offering some detail and like i said his tone didn't come off as someone that was going to fire their coach so just give me your initial thoughts on on that uh scrum that he had earlier in the week yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll <clears throat> he's keeping Diego Alonso. At least that's what I got from that. Uh, but in general, I mean, I think it's good that at least he he said it publicly that he, they know they're not playing well. So that means you know there's got to be something to work on to fix that. And maybe it's not firing Diego Alonso, but maybe it is like a you know. Uh, let's let's switch something up which is a thing will it's a thing that we'll get to uh, later in the podcast uh, because of one of the questions from the people um, from the from the followers uh, asked it but we'll get to it later but yeah apart from that i mean not not much uh, this type of scrums some give you so much and it's normally not it's normally not just not uh, the, you don't you don't normally get the headlines in this mm-hmm. in this type of scrums that's what i'm trying to say but I mean, it's good that at least he publicly admitted for like that they're not playing well. And at least he came out publicly because, exactly, for the most part, he has it. You know, since I think the Jansen transfer, he's been down low. Mm-hmm. Like he's rarely been seen, and so you know, it, it was kind of not shocking, but it caught me off guard that 
you know yeah that he talked that yeah that that reporters were able to catch him and he he talked for a good you know good couple minutes and yeah i think it i know it's not something that some rivals fans want to hear but i mean it looks like Diego Alonso at least is going to stay until the end of the season. I don't think there's going to be any firings. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that, I know, I know it just makes some people even more angry. Yeah. But I mean, I think he's going to go down with Diego Alonso as his coach. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about. I mean, I guess we might as well talk about it right now since the, we're on this subject. But uh, earlier in the week, or you know, sometime a couple of days ago, Cruz Azul. I don't know if you want to introduce the subject, Pat, but yeah, man, football picante was was <laughs> really interesting this week. <laughs> it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. It was it was like uh, it's definitely that if if we got to pick a, a best sports show uh, this year, that's it. Uh, it was just perfectly done. Um, you know, Cruz Azul is always a fun subject, and uh, they made it, they made it great for us. I mean. Pelaez after his, well, first he said it on air, kind of like, uh, you know, if they want me gone, I'll be gone. And then next day he, he made it public that he's gone out of Cruz Azul. So that started the debate with uh, Rayao's fans saying like, well, maybe we should get him instead of Julio. He's amazing, blah, 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 all this. And I'm not against Pelaez. I think he's done great, but I have, I'm a little like, come on, man, this, this okay, chill out. You know, everybody wants to, to get him now. Yeah. Uh, Blaise and his two stints in America and now Cruz Azul has gone really early and uh, fighting with everybody. Uh, I'm not sure if that speaks well on him, you know, as how he is personally. I think he tries to get like too much power. Um, that's my feeling, obviously. Uh, and that's where he starts bumping heads with his side ups. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I I I kind of want to give Davino just the rest of the season. I mean, there, I mean, a sporting director, or sporting manager can't do anything at this point in the season anymore. All he could do is maybe just fire the coach. Yeah, yeah. the transfer windows closed. Not a. I mean, it's just nothing. I mean, in December, if if they if they want to reevaluate it, maybe you know they they give um Davino the the hook. But right now, we're just going to have to, I mean, as much as, again, Rayados fans don't want to hear this, we're going to have to just ride with this ship. I mean, whatever, with the players that are here, with the coaches that are here, it looks like we're just going to, I mean, this could be either the Titanic or, or we could win a championship. You know, we're either going to go down sinking or we're going to win every, We're going we're gonna to win it all. So, I mean, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's a, and then there's another rumor. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I, I don't know if you saw former Rayalo, um Walter Erbeti, and I don't know who else uh, yeah. was linked with him. It was like, I'm not, again, I'm not sure how Ariel. accurate this is. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, it's saying uh, it was Ariel Holland, who's the ex-independiente coach, ex-Maxi Mesa coach, mm-hmm. uh, and and for Walter Erbeti to be part of his, uh, you know, staff. Yeah, that was a rumor. I mean, there's got to be some smoke, don't you think? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, some reporter. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know how accurate this is and how. Yeah, it, it is coming from some reporters. Again, I want to stress it. I don't know how accurate all this is. I don't want to start something, but you know, it's it's crazy that a lot of these rumors are are coming out at, at this point of the season. 
Yeah, no, it, it's. I think it was like there's definitely a project there. Something definitely exists there uh, from their side. I don't think Rayos has actually like contacted them or anything. I think it's more from their side uh, saying like, yeah, we'll be. It'll be great for us to go over there, and um, you know, I have to. I kind of. I don't. I don't believe it. I don't think it's gonna happen. But I asked uh, that in that same independent fan that told me about Maximesa uh, to tell me about Holland, and uh, uh, it seems like he 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 was great for Maximesa. But uh, uh, the same thing at Felice. After a year, he started fighting with all his players, um, and it seems like he's kind of the hothead uh, temper. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll keep all these rumors updated. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think Davino's going anywhere at yeah. this point of the season. Maybe in December and see how the season plays out. Yeah. But right now, uh, um, like I said, this we're gonna go down either you know with the ship being just fine or or you know sinking. Yeah. Um. So, but th- there was some Rayados content. Um. On the pitch, we had the Mexican national team play against the U.S. Two Rayados were in the starting 11, Charlie Rodriguez and, and Jesus Gallardo. Um, I'm not sure how much you got to watch the match, but uh, just give me any, any, any thoughts you had on the, on the match, which uh, the U.S. lost 3 nothing to Mexico. And two former Rayados had like a really big impact, you know, Tecatito Corona uh jonathan orozco and and obviously on twitter you saw a lot of people you know missing them and and all that stuff i was i was too because i seen uh that first uh goal from from corona to to chicharito and and you just seen corona just make the u.s defender look silly and for the assist but just any any initial reactions or thoughts on the on that three nothing win for mexico well, during the game, I was at the Brazil-Colombia match over here. That's where I sent out the Stefan Mina video. And after that, that's where I sent out the... Well, this next segment you're going to hear in a little while. Uh, so I couldn't watch much, much of it. I ha- we had it in the phone. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, you, we, I had to kind of be watching both. And, you know, it's better to watch it the one you're at the stadium, you know. Um, but I did see, obviously, the highlights and everything after that. And I did see Tecatito, especially your give blew up, yeah. and and uh, and Jonathan Orozco being having another great performance. I think he's really good. Uh, he's going to be very important to to Tata Martino because of his style. I'm, I don't think uh, he'll he'll bench Memochoa, but I think Jonathan Orozco will definitely be fighting for that spot. Uh, for future, uh, yeah, I think he'll options. push him. I, I think you'll yeah. see some kind of competition between them, and and I mean, I mean, we we all know what Jonathan Orozco can do. We've seen it firsthand, and obviously, we all seen what Tecatito Corona can do. You know, both with Rados and, and since he's been in Europe. But yeah. there is this one instance that I think Rados Toro would have blown up if, if it would have went in. But there was this uh, Charlie Rodriguez was cutting through the box and. This is my issue with him. He, I don't know if he's afraid to shoot or he doesn't have confidence in his shot. But he had a, he had a little window where he could have gotten a better shot, but instead elected to pass it to Corona, and Corona had a, a decent shot as well. But it kind of sailed wide. I think he was trying to go top shelf 
uh, on the post, but it, it sailed wide. And I'm pretty sure if um, he would have made it and he would have scored that goal, that Rael's Twitter would have gone mm-hmm. mad just because, you know, you, you, you see the the previous, I, I think, golden boy or young, you know, golden Mexican boy. And, and then now you see Charlie Rodriguez, who's the next one. I think Rael's Twitter would have gone a little just, you know, insane if, if Corona would have scored that goal. Yeah. 100%. And uh, Charlie, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he feels like he's more of a um, uh, enabler, if that's a way to put it. Uh, he doesn't see himself as a guy who should be finishing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you have your spot, take it. I mean, it, yeah. it, I think he kind of resembles in a way. This is obviously, I'm not comparing them, but the style of play in the sense of what they do on the pitch with Iniesta, where he was controlling the match and and creating for other players but when he had his chance he always shot now he he this instance reminds me of um Marco Verratti Marco Verratti is hell of a midfielder but there's instances where he should be taking the shot yeah. but instead he looks for the other pass you know he looks to make the pass rather than when he has that window to to get a good decent shot off he doesn't do it and it just frustrates me <laughs> So it's kind of frustrating to see both of them uh, just be the type of midfielders that, you know, pass up a good, yeah, they pass up a good, a good scoring chance. So, but yeah, I think, I think Charlie Rodriguez played well. Um, Gallardo played, played well, you know, and, and we'll see how, I think early reports saw him maybe starting against Argentina in San Antonio. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up being true. And then I think Miguel Layun is going to gonna get a start too against Argentina. But the late-breaking news that went on there for, for the Mexican national team was surrounding Rodolfo Pizarro, who had a, an appendectus uh, surgery like late Friday night. And I think he's going to be out at least maybe a month or so. Uh, the, the surgery was successful and all that stuff, so he's obviously going to have to fly back to Monterrey once he's, you know, able to hop on a plane and start his rehab. But I think this, I don't know for you, but this news kind of came out of left field for me. I, I, didn't, I, was, yeah. I wasn't expecting this. During the game or before the game, <laughs> the news came out that said, Rolfo Pizarro won't, won't play. He's sick. And I thought, yeah, it, all it said was the stomach injury. So I, I'm thinking maybe he... he had the stomach flu or, or something that, but then like, I think was it towards the end of the match or, or I'm not sure somewhere in the middle of the match, it said that he was going to go under surgery. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What, what's going on? And then yeah. I see the news that it was his appendix or whatever. So pretty sure he probably had his appendix removed or whatever, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you see this as going bad to worse, but you know, you lose, Pizarro for nearly a month at a point in the season where right now we're struggling and we need good news. So it, it was kind of rough to, to to get that news late Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, the way things have been going with Pizarro, this may be like a blessing in disguise uh, for him and for us, you know. Yeah. Because, I, like, we he gets the blame a lot. And I'm sure, you know, in some instances, yeah, he probably could have done better, but we just blame him just because he's not being Rolfo Pizarro from the CONCACAF. 
Champions League. So maybe it's kind of a little blessing. These guys have a little bit of a of a, what's it called, like a break on um, mm-hmm. on that relationship with the fans, which I don't think is going great. Now, what what I don't like uh, him being stopping, you know, stopping his play is just, he's going to be more active on Twitter, and you know, mm-hmm. it's never it's never good. I'm sure after every game that we don't do good. There'll be tweets like, oh, we're better with Pizarro. See, you guys are not seeing it. And he's going to be liking those. And, and that's never good, man. Yeah. But I think this is a really good transition. The The most to gain from Pizarro being out is Maxi Mesa, who I'm not sure how much of the match you saw last night, Pat, yeah. against Leon. Man, he was very confident with the ball. I, I, yeah. Again, I, I get it. It's a friendly. So I try not to take too much out of it. But Maxi Mesa... You know, was was just really confident with the ball. He, he, he was you know dribbling past defenders. He was you know, uh, the ball, his feet was magic, and I think if if Pizarro's up for a good amount of time, we're gonna have to rely on on Maxi Mesa for for more. We're gonna ask more of him, you know, to do more offensively. And if yesterday's match was any kind of indication, it looks like you know he might be up for it. Well, yeah. I saw I saw him uh, um, yesterday, and I agree with you. I think he connected well with Jansen as well, and it's nice seeing Maximus, uh, you know, being this active and being very proactive as well mm-hmm. with the ball because that's where he's at his best, you know, uh, having the ball at his feet and him having the the decision, the yeah, the decision making power that he should be getting. Yeah, and speaking of Jensen, Jensen, you know, yesterday was his first start ever for Rayados in the starting eleven, and he looked good. I mean, there's a couple instances where he had some scoring opportunities. It, it didn't go in, but I mean, he was he was there to to try to score, and eventually he got the you know he was the one that converted the first goal for the penalty kick, and you know gave gave Rayados a one nothing lead, and. I think he looked good. I mean, I'm I'm hoping this is the start of seeing him in the starting eleven because right now we we need to just change it up. As you said, we're gonna, you know, a, a Twitter follower asked this question, so we're gonna touch on it uh, later on in the podcast. But you know, we kind of need a different look now. We kind of need something different, something new, just to freshen everything up. And you know, we'll 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 see if Jansen starts more often, especially against. Nekaxa this weekend. I I don't know if you share. I don't know if you think he should start. I think he should. I think mm-hmm. he should. I think he's already fit enough. Um, he showed it yesterday. No, I mean he's playing for eighty. Did he play for eighty-two minutes? Like yeah, that? I think something like that. Yeah. So that's. I mean that. I think that shows that he's fit. And he was uh, playing in Texas too. Like uh, you know, Texas isn't the most. Um, you know the, the weather there. You know for for eighty two minutes running around, it, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's humid. So it's you very know. similar to to Monterey. So uh, yeah, some parts of the year. So, but yeah, I think he should be starting. I think uh, you know what what the Orleans is doing right now is is not working. So uh, he should start so that you know and to switch something up and to see if something else works. Yeah, and especially with Pizarro out, he kind of. You know, we need more help offensively starting this, this what is it? I don't know, I think they play Saturday against Nekaxa or whatever. 
Yeah. But, you know, they, they need that infusion of, of offensive help. But one more thing from this match that I took away is that Angel Saldivar has turned himself into a meme. Like, uh, yeah, he's our new yeah, meme. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> there's just nothing personal on the guy. But uh, how, do you op- how do you miss an open net? Nah, it was crazy. I, I was like, I watched that that video repeatedly so many times, and I'm just asking myself, how? Like, how <laughs> do you miss it? You beat the goalie. All you have to do is just get a good, get a decent sh- uh, shot off, and it goes in. Instead, he shanks it, and it goes wide, and it hits the net wide. No, nah. so I don't know. I don't know your, what was your reaction once you saw that miss. I mean, it was kind of. It's kind of like, of course, you know, like, uh, of course, Angel Saldivar will miss this. Like, that's what he does. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's our new, I mean, we've, we've all seen him play. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he's been doing for Monterey. That's what he's known for. Just being a very bad soccer player. I, <laughs> I, I really, feel, I really I, feel bad for him because you can see him, like, dry and everything. But, yeah. It's bad. I think I seen one tweet that made me even laugh harder. I think it was in Spanish, and he said that he has nothing against Saldivar. I'm pretty sure he's a good player, but when he's you know at this time when he sees that video, he'll tell them why doesn't he just dedicate himself to something else? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I started laughing when I seen that tweet. But no, yeah, but, guy. yeah, I mean, it's not going well for Monterrey. I remember his first game ever for us. Yeah, it was against Pachuca. Yeah, it wasn't that five nothing win against Pachuca. Yeah, it was five nothing win against Pachuca. Yeah. I think he had like the, the fourth or fifth goal, and it looked like, oh, look, we have someone solid to come off the bench. But yeah, yeah, ever yeah. since then, it's just gone downhill. Yeah, I think he he became overconfident, and that's where no one wrong. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's it for for that. You know, friendly. Not not much else you can take away other than, you know, Maxi Massa and Jansen were really good. Oh, one more thing, Pat. I'm not sure if you saw that Angel Menago, but the whole Vagnoni debate started yeah. coming up again. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just... I don't know. Um, Vagnoni, I don't know. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a fight on... On, well, he doesn't get enough minutes, so it's normal for him to not be in shape. And yeah, uh, but the thing is, the counterpoint to that, and I'm not just saying this to start. It whenever I mean you you follow sports. Whenever someone isn't playing well, it's up to the guy behind them to be ready to take yeah. advantage of that opportunity that comes, you know, with with getting into the starting eleven or just getting to a starter position. Because if you play well you know, the coach is not going to take you out. You know, you're playing well and, and you want to take advantage of someone else playing poorly so you can, you know, draw into the starting starting lineup. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of, that that's an easy, easy, you know, hole to poke at just because if if he really wanted to be in that starting 11, he would have been ready. He would have been like, okay, this is my opportunity to show, mm-hmm. you know, that, hey, I should be starting and not, not Gallardo. Um, yeah, I think... And especially with his poll or his poll, his post on Instagram where it said uh, only time will uh, tell or something like that. Well, this was your time and you kind of not took it yet. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not trying to get into that whole debate. I'll, I'll leave it for people on Twitter because, man, people are passionate about that that topic. Yeah. But 
yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Rayados do play finally come back um, next weekend, and they play Nakaxa. It won't be as animated as it was last year because Brian Fernandez is not there to fight Diego Alonso, and crazy. and and the, and the and the supporters or the group or you know and the supporters he was arguing with. But I mean, it should be a good match. I mean, I think I saw Nakaxa's last game against. Um, I think they were playing Cholos, and. Maxi Salas, I've been oh, really did. impressed. Yeah, no, I've been really impressed. I'm like, they lost arguably their best goal scorer, and then Maxi yeah. Salas just, I mean, he kind of carries them on their back offensively, and he's hes just really good. I i was blown away when I was watching that Cholos-Nakaxa uh, matchup. But do you think against Nakaxa, Monterrey can, can just get back on track? I, I think... They can. Uh, I'm, the thing is, can, will they? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think our little bit of struggles will continue or in, in consistency. But it's definitely a rival to to get back on track or get a good feeling out of a match uh, for once in a while, you know. Um, especially with what we saw this past week or well, this past friendly, uh, some players really impressed us, uh, like Maximus and Jansen. And if they do that against Necaxa with what we already have, then I think we should be able to get something I, good against them. I just want a comfortable win for once. Like, yeah, I don't. Want, I, I want one of those five nothing wins where, damn, we're all having a good time on a Saturday night. That <laughs> just, I and that's just, yeah. yeah, I want one of those games, and and I think. Last season against Nekaxa, I think Nekaxa came into the to the BBVA and they punched Rayados in the mouth. Like, like the first five ten minutes, Brian Fernandez scored, and then like in the first ten minutes, they scored again. So it was like, and probably I, again, I'm my my memory might be wrong, but like in the first maybe twenty thirty minutes, Nekaxa was up to nothing, or or at least had two goals on on Rayados. So. You know, hopefully they're they're not caught sleeping because, you know, it, I, like I said, I just want a game where Rados have everything under control, four or five nothing win. Let's get you know a good a good match to get everything back on track. So, but we'll see. I mean, um, hopefully, I mean, it's been a while where a game doesn't end and there's not, you know, fire on Twitter. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can just be be. Have a have a game where afterwards you, we can have fun and 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 enjoy the tweets and uh, you know like our performances and not people getting fired you know let's be just be calm hopefully yeah uh, we'll see we'll see Nikaksa isn't you know it, it's not an easy opponent they're, they're gonna have to you know Nikaksa is not gonna go away like I said I, I saw that Cholos match and. And Nekaxa didn't go away, and and you know they'll they'll go up, they'll compete with anybody. So it's not going to be an easy matchup, but you you would think at home Rados would play well. I mean, it's not the road, so we'll we shall see. We shall see next weekend if Rados can get everything back on track. But Pat, I know when you're in, you know you're at the Hard Rock Stadium covering that Colombia Brazil match. Um, 
you know, you gave us you gave us your review of how you saw Stefan Medina, but after that, you had a you had a good conversation with Fernando Ceballos, and I'm not sure if it was just the spur of the moment or he agreed. But when I first listened to that, it was it was a really good conversation. Considering I'm not sure if you or him was driving. He was driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was driving. We're leaving the stadium. Uh, you know, he's he, he was doing some stuff. I was doing some st- some stuff. I was helping him. He was helping me. And so, and uh, I just decided, you know, uh, can you help me out? You know, we can talk about Stefan Medina since we both were here and. Uh, and talk about Rayados in general. And he was like, yeah, of course. Um, you know, when we get to a good place in the highway, where we're a little bit more... Because we were just leaving the stadium, you know. There's yeah. always uh, traffic traffic uh, uh, madness. So, and it was yeah. actually, like, the audio was really... Like, you couldn't tell, well, for the most part, that, that you guys were... Like, he was driving, or you guys were in a moving car. Yeah, no, no. Because we also... With one of the mics... Uh, mm. We had a mic, so... I was like, yeah, this is a cool opportunity to get him to talk with me. A microphone, it'll sound. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't hear like you didn't hear the car moving or or anything that stuff like brake lights or or no, yeah. or you know turn signals or anything like that. So like, like if if I didn't know like if I didn't say like oh yeah this was in a car, uh-huh. I mean you you probably wouldn't know because that that's how good the audio was. So yeah, uh, one more thing before we toss it to that conversation, you're. You're on Spanish TV. Uh, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that because I know a lot of people were giving you uh, congratulations. Some people yeah. were, were calling you big time because, you know, and you crazy. made Paul, Pogba, or Paul Pogba's brother laugh too. So yeah. uh, if you want to talk about just that, that whole experience being on, on you know, a sports uh, show in Spain. It was crazy. I mean, I still can't believe it. Uh, sometimes I look at those pictures or videos or whatever, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, I was, I'm not supposed to be on that show. Like, that show is so far away from me. Not because, not just because it's in Spain, but it's like the biggest in Spain, you know, and the biggest probably in Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, I was blown away uh, while I was helping Fernando work with them. Um, you know, how people 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 literally followed us uh, here in Miami they were like I saw you guys that's awesome but like a bunch of people so the next day or, or another day while I, we were at the you know Brazil training they were like hey yeah. Fernando was like running late and he was like hey can you hop in and, I, and I'm like oh okay you know uh, sure <laughs> so that happened it just happened and i was like super i I took it super like okay i'll do it yeah for sure and uh and when i while it was happening i was like you know fuck it i'm not gonna be nervous i'm gonna i'm gonna take it i'm i'm gonna do me i'll try my best uh and that helped me i wasn't nervous at all it was crazy it was crazy and it's still crazy uh because after after that, you know, a couple of days later at the match, you use, you know, you normally see a lot of press and well, and Twitter and they were all like, hey, that's awesome. Hey, yeah, yeah, you know, good job, blah, blah, blah. How was it? And it's, I don't know. I'm still like blown away. I still don't believe it. I still watch the video sometimes and I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm not supposed to be there. And I did. And um, 
it was cool. I mean, it was cool. It was just cool. It's a cool experience, and I'm I'm really thankful because uh, you know it's been it's been a good uh, kind of second half of the year uh, with experiences like this one and and many more. Uh, you know, seeing Neymar right in front, seeing uh, Colombia national team, the Brazil national team, Barcelona, Napoli a little bit earlier. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool. It's really cool. It's uh. Uh, it just been happening by itself, super naturally, super easy flowing, and uh, and I like it. I never tried to get into journalism. I never studied one second for any of it, and it's and it's happening. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's the best part when when stuff just uh, happens naturally, and uh, you don't know who knows. You'll be big time for this podcast. <laughs> you'll you'll be a little big time for this podcast. No, 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 because this helps me. Well, that's in Spanish, but this helps me, you know, talk. I don't know if you've seen uh, the show I appear on on uh, Bean Sports. I can yeah, see I, I've seen. Uh, I, it's I've in English. Seen, yeah, I've seen it. And uh, it's in English. And, you know, I speak good English. I've lived in the U.S. for for years, more than half of my life. I've been in the U.S. And uh, but to speak in, fr- in, a, in front of a camera in English uh you know, it's something I've never did. You know, I started doing it here with you, but you know, I'm not in front of a camera. I'm not. You know, I'm just talking to my to my phone, staring at a wall. You know, it's nothing that crazy. Plus, I know about the subject, so it's easier to 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 let it flow. Uh, but when it came to that show, uh, you see the first episode and you see the last one, and it's like super, super, like a super change you know yeah. everything in a, in a good way and this helped me also with that because you know if you start practicing speaking english uh you know for for a podcast or for a video the more you do it well the better you get uh, so yeah it's been a little bit insane but uh, i'm taking it all as it is and and trying to do more and more and more so again one more time before we throw it to you and um fernando what was the joke that you said that made um, uh-huh. Pogba's brother just have like a little smirk on his face and a little laugh. Yeah, it's it was I like uh, you know the hurricane was coming around over here, which ended up not being here. <laughs> Thank God, because uh, I was a little bit worried, but everything ended up fine. So the but the but the climate was a little bit crazy. Like it rained, it didn't rain. There was uh, um, sun out, and it was raining. So it was a pretty unpredictable weather. And so I kind of, because the first like time I spoke with them, it was like, a, they asked me about the hurricane. I'm like, no, it's perfect. It's absolutely fine. There's sun out, blah, blah, blah. And five minutes later, when I'm back with them, uh, it started to rain and, and, and we had to like take cover with, with, a, with a, you know, a shelter or whatever, with a roof. And, um, and then when I spoke with them again, uh, the sun was out, so I said a little bit of a. It's impossible to play. Um, how do you say those guys that do the weather? The weatherman. It's, weatherman, it's impo- yeah. Yeah, it's impossible to do the weatherman here in in Florida. Uh, but yeah, this is what's happening right now. Something like that, and they just kind of smirked. Uh, but it's cool because they like they put like three people after I said that little not joke, but you know that comment. And uh, one of the ones they chose was Pogba's brother, and he's he was there smiling. So yeah, it was cool. That's crazy. Like that's Paul Pogba's brother, and he's. I was talking to him like like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't yeah. understand any any of it, but 
hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just a heads up to everybody that's listening that the conversation that you had you had with um, Fed Manuel is in Spanish. So yeah. uh, apologies if you don't speak Spanish, uh, you know, but it was a good, you know, it was good. It's a good someone to have. And, and you know, we're grateful for his time, even though he was in a car. But yeah, yeah enjoy it enjoy it because i know when i first listened to it it was a really good conversation um you know so yeah so we'll catch everybody on the other side of this uh uh segment Brazil Colombia match here in Miami. By the time you hear this, it's already a few days past the game, but we're ju we're recording this just now leaving the stadium, uh, and we gotta talk about it. And Brazil and Colombia tied 2-2. But the important part here, or for this podcast, is Stefan Medina's performance, um, which I think is great, and we'll go more into detail because I have a special guest here today uh, in this little mini segment. We're talking with Fernando Ceballos from Bean Sports, from El Chiringuito, from Unánimo, uh, and many more places. Uh, we're going to do this in Spanish, but of course, most of you know, know both languages, so you'll be fine. Entonces, bueno, aquí estamos con Fernando Ceballos. Estamos literalmente saliendo del estadio. Sigue el caos del estacionamiento, del tráfico. Y, y Brasil empató con Colombia. Antes que nada, cuéntame qué opinaste pues, del partido en general. ¿Qué tal, Patrick? Saludos a todos los aficionados de Rayados. Eh, un partido parejo, me sorprendió Colombia. Me parece que ya se empieza a notar la mano de, de Queiroz en este equipo. Estefan Medina, fundamental y ganando créditos eh, para ser titular indiscutible en este equipo de Queiroz no, no te vueles tampoco como lo venías diciendo hace rato queriéndolo poner en el Barça pero eh, me parece que, que va a ser un jugador importante en este proceso y un Brasil a medio gas eh. creo que hoy Brasil nos exigió y, y resaltar el, el regreso de Neymar ¿no? que es el hombre que, que hace diferencia en este equipo brasileño yo donde me emocioné con el tema Estefan Medina, que debo admitirlo, sí lo dije, está para Barcelona y todo. ¡Exageres, hermano! Pues es la emoción de que lo ves enfrentándose a Neymar y, y, y se lo come. Pero creo yo, donde me equivoco o donde me emociono, es el que no veía a Neymar desde junio. O sea, ya había pasado tres meses. Bueno, se lo come, entre comillas, porque al final Neymar termina marcando el gol del empate... Y, y da la asistencia al primer gol de tiro a esquina, está bien pero eh, bueno, sí, sí gran partido de, de Estefan Medina, ahora tendrá que, que seguir demostrando en ese nivel que, que está mostrando semana a semana en Rayados eh, con la selección que, que puede estar para cosas más importantes no quizá, quizá si mantiene este nivel, Europa en cualquier momento ¿eh? sí, porque es joven todavía, tiene mucha carrera todavía eh... Ahorita con Monterrey va al Mundial de Clubes, es una manera de, de venderse un poquito, pero creo donde va a tener muy, muy buena experiencia y porque creo yo que ya va a ser el titular con Queiroz, es ahorita que empiezan, pues bueno, para clasificar al Mundial y aparte la Copa América del siguiente verano. Si le va bien, por ahí se va para Europa y ya para el Mundial ya está listito para ser el titular. Sobre todo Copa América, ¿no? Lo que se va a jugar en Colombia, eh, Colombia va a tener 
obligación de ser eh, protagonista en esa copa. Y, y sí, eh, viendo hoy cómo paró al equipo Queiroz, creo que Estefan Medina va a ser un jugador importantísimo en el esquema, en el esquema del nuevo técnico, pero eh, tendrá que seguir demostrando con, con buenas actuaciones que, que está para, para algo más. Hoy me gustó, hay que reconocerlo, gran partido de él, como de todo Colombia en general. Y, y creo que este, este sistema de, de Carlos Queiroz lo favorece también porque prima la parte defensiva y, y un equipo que, que parte de ese orden para después salir y, y doblar rápido a la contra y, 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 y sobre todo con las líneas muy juntas, ¿no? Sí, eh, y bien lo dices, a la contra, y es algo que Estefan Medina también tiene, el pase largo, que lo tiene muy bien, bien lo tiene listito, y porque también, ahorita no tanto con, el, con Diego Alonso, pero con Turco Mohamed juegan mucho eso al pelotazo, ya que a Dorlan o Avilés o Funes Mori la bajen y corran, ¿no? Aprovechando que te tengo, eh, tú bien sabes lo que está pasando con Monterrey esta temporada, sigues todo el fútbol mexicano, y dame tu opinión de los rayados, porque te cuento, te cuento así como está la cosa antes de fecha FIFA, o oh, perdón, ahorita en fecha FIFA, perdimos contra Juárez y todos queremos que se vaya todo a la fregada. Tú dime, dame tu opinión. Hashtag fuera Diego Alonso, ¿no? Era, era tendencia el otro día en, en Twitter. Eh, a mí la verdad me, me ha decepcionado, me ha decepcionado Rayados, ¿no? Por, por la inversión, por la calidad de jugadores que tiene. Y, y porque creo que puede jugar mucho, pero mucho mejor y, y mostrar otro tipo de fútbol, ¿no? Del que ha mostrado con, con Diego Alonso, ¿no? Un equipo más... Eh, con una propuesta más agresiva de ir al frente, de tener la pelota, de, de generar más y, y no de esperar y salir a la contra, ¿no? Co como le gusta jugar a, a Diego Alonso en, en gran parte... Eh, creo que se equivocaron con el técnico creo que no era Diego Alonso el técnico por el estilo de juego para Rayados y por la calidad de jugadores que tienen y, y veremos, no al final de cuentas esto, esto no es como empieza sino como termina, Rayados está obligado a calificar a la liguilla y pelear por el título por la inversión que hay de no conseguir el título creo que se van a venir cambios en, en la dirección técnica y no sé si incluso le llegue a pegar a la dirección deportiva ¿eh? Sí, es verdad. Eso, de hecho, hay rumores sobre eso, ¿no? De, la, de que mismo la presidencia esté en juego. Eh, Ornelas, que es el encargado de rayados en general, o sea, de Femmes en rayados, también está en juego. Se hablan de cambios, de que entraría fi, Filisola. Fisi, se me va la pedida siempre Filisola, creo que es. Eh, que los aficionados piden ese cambio, así que será importante. ¿Tú crees que.? Digo, estamos a media temporada o hasta menos. Eh, ¿Tú crees que para la liguilla ya Monterrey pueda pues ya mostrarse como debería demostrarse o seguirá igual? Yo creo que va a mejorar o tiene que mejorar eh, eh, Rayados. ¿no? El, el Mundial de Clubes no puede ser pretexto porque falta mucho. Eh, tiene que estar mucho mejor en la liga y, y mostrar una cara distinta. Y, y hay que verlo porque muchos resultados lo, lo sacó sobre la hora, ¿no? Remontadas que de repente se dieron, pero este equipo está para, para dominar los partidos y no lo está haciendo porque tiene gran tiene a, a una base de jugadores mexicanos que es de lo mejor que hay en México y además tiene extranjeros de muchísima calidad. Así es. Pues bueno, es más o menos la frustración... La, la de los aficionados rayados y no es nuestra, se nota, con gente que conoce el deporte, que sigue la liga 
todos vemos lo mismo menos nuestros directivos. Es una cosa que si sigue así, para el Mundial de Clubes no llegamos. Eh, a Monterrey todavía le falta enfrentarse esta temporada a Chivas y a Querétaro, que no voy a decir nada más, pero que te gustan, por así decirlo, estos dos equipos. Eh, estaría bueno tenerte para esos podcasts, cuando esa previa, esos partidos, para que nos hables más de esos, de esos dos equipos. Cuéntanos un poquito el resumen de esos dos y qué esperar cuando se enfrenten a Rayados. Partido especial con Querétaro, porque va a regresar el, el, el técnico que que les ha dado más gloria a los rayados, ¿no? Como Víctor Manuel Bucetich, que por cierto es de un estilo muy similar a, a, a Diego Alonso, ¿no? No sé si, si por eso es que al final se decantaron por Diego Alonso, pero creo que ese equipo de Bucetich, a pesar de que tenía buenos jugadores, no tenía jugadores de tan buen pie como sí tiene Diego Alonso para, para buscar algo, algo distinto, ¿no? Lo de Querétaro está siendo una sorpresa en el torneo, un equipo al que le redujeron el 35% del presupuesto, Bucetich que llegó cobrando un tercio de lo que cobraba, y, y, y velo, ¿no? Eso te habla de que cuando hay esa comunión entre, entre técnico y dirección deportiva, las cosas caminan, y creo que es lo que le está pasando a Querétaro y Chivas. Chivas es, un, es la incógnita más grande ¿no? del, del fútbol mexicano. Eh, creo que los problemas de Chivas no pasan por Tomás Boy, no pasaron por José Saturnino Cardoso, pasan por, por una directiva que, que no ha sabido trabajar desde lo, desde lo serio, desde lo futbolístico, porque hoy exploras equipos en el fútbol mexicano y de eso de que Chivas no, no puede dar con puros jugadores mexicanos y, y de repente sale y dices, oye, JJ Macías, cantera Chivas, ¿no? El Pocho Guzmán, cantera Chivas, eh, Carlos Vela, cantera Chivas, ¿no? Y, y entonces, ¿por qué Chivas no, no puede explotar esos jugadores que ellos hizo en el primer equipo? Claro. Y aprovechando aquí, bueno, Liga MX, eh, ¿algún pronóstico que tengas así para, para la liguilla? Tal vez no el campeón, pero ¿cuáles ves así perfilándose para ser los dos, tres mejores de, de este torneo? Me está gustando León otra vez. Creo que es el equipo que mejor juega al fútbol en, en México y que tiene ahora una, una base de suplentes que no tuvo la temporada pasada y, y tener a Macías, si no se lesiona y no pasa nada en la liguilla, le va a marcar diferencia. Y, y de ahí, bueno, ya sabemos que Tigres, América, Cruz Azul, eh, Monterrey van a estar ahí, ¿no? Pero, pero si me preguntas, el que mejor juega al fútbol para mí hoy es León y lo de Santos también me está gustando mucho, ¿eh? Santos... Otro, otra directiva que hay, que hay que tomar como ejemplo, ¿no? Porque con poco hace mucho, Patrick, o sea, no, no tiene un presupuesto como, como los que acabamos de mencionar y sin embargo siempre arma equipos competitivos y, y son 35 años de historia y cuántos títulos tiene ya Santos, ¿no? Entonces creo que es un modelo de, de estructura deportiva que muchos equipos del fútbol mexicano deberían de, de tomar en cuenta. ¿no? Aparte porque cuando hacen ese buen equipo siempre le desarman, ¿no? siempre le sacan las piezas y lo vuelven a construir. Y como bien dices, en poquitos años de historia. Y como este podcast es de rayados y rayados, aunque les duela a los grandes del fútbol mexicano, estamos en el Mundial de Clubes, vamos contra Liverpool, ta, ta, ta. bueno, eh, que... que... Obviamente no vamos a ser campeones del Mundial de Clubes, o no creemos, pero no sé, ¿qué se busca en este tipo de, de torneos y qué esperar de Monterrey si sigue así? Mira, por plantilla, eh, Rayados tendría equipo para competirle al campeón de Libertadores, por plantilla. Ahora faltará que esa plantilla de, lo demuestre jugando al fútbol, que es lo que le ha pasado a, 
a Monterrey, ¿no? Tú revisas hoy Rayados, Tigres, eh, América, Cruz Azul, por nombres, son plantillas que, que hoy te diría estarían peleando semifinales de, de Copa Libertadores sin ningún problema. No le va a alcanzar con el Liverpool, creo yo, a, a Rayados de Monterrey, pero por ahí en una hipotética semifinal, si le llegara a tocar el de, el de Conmebol, le puede competir, ¿no? Vamos a esperar a ver qué depara el, el sorteo del Mundial de Clubes. Eh, y por cierto, sí, sí creo que, que Rayados tendría que impulsar a Rodolfo Pizarro para que salga a Europa, ¿no? Es, es para mí el mejor jugador mexicano que hay hoy en el, en el fútbol mexicano y que, que se tiene que ir ya para crecer, ¿no? Sí, y de hecho mucho, mucho aficionado de Rayados te ayuda, te apoya eso, ¿eh? muchos lo quieren Ahora, fuera. Si no lo quieren, eh, en Chivas lo reciben con los vasos abiertos otra vez, ¿eh? o sea que a Mauri Vergara si nos estás escuchando, <risa> ponte a hablar ya con la gente de Rayados, ¿no? Sí, la verdad que Pizarro ha sido... Es raro. Es una relación amor-odio con la afición de Monterrey. Últimamente no se la ha visto Uy, bien. Patrick, el mejor jugador de Conca Champions. Sí. O sea, la Conca Champions la ganó Pizarro y 10 más, ¿eh? Sí. La, no, o sea, no te voy a mentir. Ha sido, fue importante, pero en un año que lleva, tiene dos meses muy buenos. Los demás, eh. Es un jugador de partidos importantes. Sí. Él mismo lo ha dicho, ¿eh? Él mismo lo ha dicho. Pizarro en la liguilla es otro. Bueno, hay que llegar. Diego Alonso nos tiene en octavo lugar. Eh, bueno, agradecerte, Fernando, por estar aquí y te tendremos cuando juguemos contra Querétaro y cuando, contra Chivas. Cómo no, con todo gusto. Abrazo, Patrick. And we're back. Thank you to Fernando Ceballos for dedicating his spare time with you, Pat, to just give you some type of insight on Stefan Medina with Colombia, Rayados, and, and Liga Mekis. And hopefully we can have him on the podcast for a much longer time or a much lengthier time to talk either Querétaro or Chivas. And, you know, I think it would be a really good conversation to have with him. So Pat, on Friday, I, I know I was uh, I was on I was at work, but I remember when I was on my break, I checked on Twitter, and I I'm not sure if you quote tweeted a Cesar, uh, uh, a Cesar, um, oh Hernandez yeah. tweet, and yeah. yeah, you know he was talking about how you know I, I think it was in between the Chivas America Classic that just went on today uh in chicago and how not many liga mickey's clubs are marketing their 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 clubs um either via social media or other aspects um and you know it kind of fall in line with monterrey because uh early in the week leon out of all clubs started an english account yeah and kind of it kind of Sorry to interrupt you, but it kind of bummed me out. Yeah. To tell you the truth, it was like a, ah, what? That's weird one, but okay. Yeah, it, it was weird. Like I, like if you were to tell me which clubs would have started an English Twitter account, I wouldn't have picked. Um, I wouldn't have picked Leon. I would have maybe said Rados Tigres, one mm -hmm. of the two. But you know, it, it's it's still one of those weird 
instances where someone like I, again I'm not trying to diss any of these clubs but you know Cholos Leon like you know th- those clubs have English accounts you know and you know let's get it into the Rayados now on, on a Rayados angle but they've not done much to promote their brand I mean I think we've had some off topic or not off topic but off off mic conversations on how maybe ways they're frustrated with that but you know uh, just talk a little bit about that tweet that you sent out and then we'll just go from there yeah well he he put like uh impressive uh chivas america is sold out right um and then he goes on and says said this plenty of times beforehand but this once again highlights the massive and untapped potential that league mx has in the u.s most popular soccer league in the in the United States, despite the fact that most teams and the league aren't doing enough to cater and market themselves, which I 100% agree. There's not much going on um, from the league itself and from the clubs themselves. But uh, I, I I just put random people like us are doing more than the clubs themselves. Uh, speaking and of that's sets, not that's not of, that's not a that's not a lie. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you see the. It's incredible the amount of, of, of accounts that you see that tweet about the Liga MX in English. Uh, you know. I've seen, just at the top of my head, just to, sorry to cut you off, Pat, but I know I've seen Necaxa, I've seen us, I've seen Cruz Azul, I've seen America, I've seen Tigres, I've seen Atlas, I've seen um, Chivas, mm-hmm. I've seen Leon, um, I think that's oh, Puebla, so that's nine. Um, I know Cholos Zasar were doing their thing there, but um, they had to stop it just because I think time was uh, or timing was wrong. So, but you know, at its peak, ten there was ten different accounts running English content for for their respective clubs and leagues. And I don't know how you know I I can only speak from our experience, but I'm not sure how much either local media there or the club itself. Are doing to help their, do, you know, doing much to help those accounts try to grow and, and maybe, you know, make something out of it. Because I know with us, I mean, we've like we said, we've had Yvonne, you know, that you know, you know, she gave us her time and, and that was a great experience. Just to talk mm-hmm. about that, and then I know people who work within the club follow us. I know Romposa said that some of them listen. So and and obviously there's reporters there who listen either through local media or big media like do the na and 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 um yeah so it's just you know it's just i don't know what league imekis wants to do because they have all the potential to be the biggest league in in the u.s because most mexican americans mexicans you know follow follow the league either hardcore or casually but also, you want to expose your league to other other ethnicities. You know, it's not just you know, not just Mexicans, not just Latinos. If you want to market the league to, you know, white Americans, African Americans, Asian Americans, et cetera, et cetera, you know, why not? Because most most of the games are are accessible. You know, they're either on Tudene or you know, Fox. Fox Deportes, or sometimes even Fox Sports in English. So, 
I don't know. I, I, I really wish the league and, and some of the clubs itself would try to push a little harder to generate or create content, you know, in English. Because I think, yeah, they, they do call games in English and that's cool, but that's it. Uh, there's not a pre post show uh, of that game in English. They don't go in a studio and talk about the Liga Max in English. They don't have like even podcasts in English. So it, it, it comes to random fans like us to come up with something to talk about our team in English because, you know, that's what we like and we do it. And, uh, and teams themselves, I, I mean, you know, we've had, we've had contacts with the club and nothing, not, obviously nothing, nothing official or nothing like, hey, yeah, be our boys in English. No, what I'm trying to say, we have contacts with the club. We know some of them have heard it. We know, well, some of them were here uh, to talk and everything but and i'm not i don't want to talk about our case in particular because that i don't know i don't like that but you know if we were a leon podcast in english i'm sure leon will never like contact them and be like hey you know uh, help us out be our official voice in english because we don't have anything uh, which it's which it sucks because they're we're literally doing their work in a way uh for them you know we're talking about their club in english and we have people following us which is crazy following us that speak english that live in the u.s and are Rayados fans there's probably not thousands of them or there is thousands but not all of them are listening uh but we're getting those people and or some of them those people and it just speaks to you that there is that and the clubs not having a twitter account in english at least uh it's just crazy or not having a show on Twitter, on, on a social media show where they speak about their team in English, it's crazy, yeah, mm. especially being uh, a league here in the U.S. that is watched by almost a million people per game, uh, any game. Uh, now, not even the Liga MX, uh, but also the Liga MX Femenil is being yeah. watched. Which we'll get, than... we'll get into after we talk about this because we saw we saw the numbers. Um... But it's, yeah, and, and, and it's crazy because... All of these podcasts, including us, are doing their work or are doing what they should be doing. Um, they'll catch up. They'll be there. But that's a million people, almost yeah. a million people that see your match, whether is for whatever reason, but they see your match. Uh, but uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's no more content for them. Uh, the, first, the first step they can do is, especially the league, stop geo-blocking your videos. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm yeah. trying to watch... You got Mekis Feminil goal or any goal from them? And I can't because guess what? Geo blocked. And it's like, come on, let, let's try to grow, you know, the leagues here, stop geo blocking, and then just work from there, you know? So, uh, but let's, let's talk about just, you know, Monterrey specific because we, we kind of got into a, not, not an argument, but a good back and forth with someone who said, yeah, you know, yeah. Monterrey can't be like America or Chivas and sell out a football stadium, you know? Well, well, it started with after I tweeted out that random people like us are doing more. He just said, what have you done? And I yeah. just answered. I just tagged Rayas90 and he's, he just started. Honestly, outside of Chivas, what you were saying uh, is a hard sell. The other teams have niches, fan bases. And Rayos couldn't draw more than 5,000 fans in Los Angeles, which is what we're not even talking about that, but that, but okay. 
Um, but yeah, he started getting into it. I know you answered. I don't remember what you answered, but I just said yeah. something like, uh, you know, just just enjoy the things that are coming up. No, nobody's talking about filling up stadiums. Yeah, but content. I, 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 to be, I don't know. Maybe it's just this is just my opinion, but I hate football stadiums or soccer matches, unless it's like yeah. an updated version, like like you you were at the Hard Rock, you know, stadium. That's that's football. You know that the Dolphins play there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I don't know how how did how is it for both you know like maybe just uh, how is it for a fo- for a soccer stadium like is it is it yeah, it's it's fine I mean it's fine it it holds up you know it can, it fits a lot of people I've gone as press and as a fan and it's a good stadium uh, I think I like it. it but it's but it's but it's not a soccer stadium like mm-hmm. that's I do like I do prefer. Soccer yeah, because Brazil's coming over here this week to play against Peru, and they're going to play at the Coliseum, at the LA Coliseum, which is, you know, for those who don't know, uh, is the USC football stadium, you know? So they're going to play in another football stadium, and I get it. It's it's more revenue, more tickets, more money in their pockets, but it's just like, why can't they play at the new LAFC stadium? Because I don't want to go to the Coliseum. Like, that's the reason why I, I, I'm considering yeah. not even going, because... Well, I've been to the Coliseum, and, and it's just it's it's a uh, hundred thousand people that they can fit over there instead yeah. of twenty. Yeah, and and and, it's, and you know it'll fill up. It'll be more than. Well, I don't know. I don't people. know about I don't know about Peru and Brazil. I get Brazil could probably pull its weight, but you're asking Brazil to bring in not just Brazilians, but people who just want to see either Neymar or. Or who uh, I, the the squad is at the top of my is is blanking me right now. But if you want to see Neymar, um, Coutinho, you know you're asking casual fans to go there, you know. And it's just like it's not. I rather go to the LA. It might be smaller, but the LAFC stadium is like state of the art. It's like brand new, especially if people who've never even been to an LAFC game can walk into the arena and be like, oh shit, or, or not the arena, but the stadium, and say, oh shit, this is a really nice stadium. You know, but it's just like I, I, I rather keep these things at football stadiums. You know, but mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to ask you, how can rivals grow and be able to at least pull their weight when it comes to selling out, or not selling out, but filling up at least half of a, of a a stadium? Because for the most part, most of the supporters are either in Monterrey. Or different parts of Texas, yeah. And for a club, especially on the marketing side and everything else, they want to see growth. You know, they don't want to be status quo. And it's been maybe about what three, four years now since Rayado started investing more financially into their teams, or into the team. I don't know if you agree with that. Or how yeah. long do you think that they've been investing money into the club, like? They're serious, like investing in like money that we're seeing now. Yeah, the, the type of money now is is fairly recent. Yeah. I'm gonna say, like, they've been spending money for the past probably ten years, but I think more closer to five, where we see the the bigger, you know, the bigger, um, the bigger amounts. Yeah, in. and that's the type of players, or that's the type of money you need to spend to attract players that people want to watch. Because obviously, you're gonna get your diehard fans to go out there, depending no matter where you're at. 
You know, we've seen people go to Atlanta for for that um, matchup against Atlanta United, and I saw the videos of the Monterrey supporters, like in the upper decks of that of that stadium, and so you're gonna get your diehards there. the 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 yeah. problem, the not that's not the problem. The problem is that in order to grow, you gotta have you gotta be able to attract casual fans and new fans. Like that's where you get your, that's where you kind of solidify yourself as a as a club that can draw a you know that can sell out a a, a football stadium just to give an example mm-hmm. and i think monterey still has a little bit to go i mean they're spending money like good amount of money to bring really good players but they got to spend a little bit better but also bring in bigger talent you know mm-hmm. not maximessa was a start you know but outside of Argentina, not a lot of people know Maxi Mesa. And he kind of hasn't been on that big stage like uh, Libertadores final, you know, where people were like, oh, I shit, I remember him playing in that final. You know, I think I might want to see him, you know? And just, you know, just players that have been, that have some type of name recognition, you know? And I think that's a start. But also, like we just talked about, you got to be able to attract both, you know, English-speaking people in the United States and Spanish, you know? They got to be able to attract both the casual fan and try to make new fans. And Mm -hmm. I think that's that's up on the club. Like, that's up to them. That's, like, how much marketing and how much, um, you know, social media-wise do they want to put into it. And because... You know, at some point, you just can't be going to Texas, to Texas, to Texas, you know? Yeah. You got to be able to expand. And the way I, I said it is that summer times, like, you got to start putting friendlies together with some of the biggest clubs in South America or maybe even Europe, too, you know? Like, we saw, granted, Chivas didn't win, but they were playing against Benfica. They were playing against... Uh, um, Fiorentina, and I'm not sure who's the other club that they that they played in that uh, ICC, but you got to put your name out there, and you got to start getting it. I mean, the Club World Cup is going to be a start, but you just can't let that momentum die. You got to start attract. You got to start attaching your your logo and your brand to some of these bigger clubs, so people can get ex- you can get exposed. Because if, for example, if an AC Milan fan goes sees Rados play AC Milan, they might get you know, they've never probably watched Liga Mekis, or maybe they have, but it's they're not a fan of any club. Then you know what? If 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 Rados play well, especially like if they do well in that Club World Cup, others will be like, "Hey, I'm gonna check out this club." You know? Yeah. So it's like different things that you can do. It's just obviously winning well. You know, winning helps getting titles and all that. That's 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 half the pie. But you still got to be able to do other things to complement that piece of the pie. You know, you just can't expect winning you know you got to start buying recognizable players either in you know in in south america or in europe that want to come back whatever but you know it's they got to be smart with the money if they're going to go big game on players they got to realize that hey not just how good how good are they but how marketable are they you know like and, and and yeah at least you know, go from there because, like I said, you just, if I'm Rados and I want to be, take that next step to really be an international brand, I just 
can't be going to my comfort spots, you know? I got to be able to expand, play in, play in the Bay Area, play. Or, I mean, they did play the San, San Jose Earthquakes last year, but, you know, you want, you want, you want to keep doing that. You, you just don't want to go to your comfort, so, you know, comfort zone in places where, you know, you'll, you'll get a good amount of fans. You got to start, you know, play... Play LAFC here in LA, you know that's a good start. You know, play, play some of the top MLS clubs. Don't, I mean, granted, San Jose is a top club, but last year they were, they weren't that good. You know, play some of the top clubs in MLS just to get your feet wet, and then over the summer start trying to play like America and Chivas did against River and, and Boca. You know, like take baby steps, but have a have an end goal. Yeah, yeah. Do uh, I like? I like your route. Definitely start winning. Definitely marketable players, uh, but 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 starting to play more with different teams. Um, you know, if you're gonna play in San Antonio, maybe don't play against Leon. Maybe play against a team close to San Antonio. Or, you know, whether it's Houston, Dallas. Uh, you know, go outside your your typical um, matchups. If you're gonna go to to the West Coast, good, play with San Jose and then play with LAFC or maybe during the summer try to, try to you know, get a, a team from Europe to play mm-hmm. against you. Uh, go to South America, go over there to South America because you have Argentinians, you have Uruguayans, you have Chileans, you have Paraguayans in your mm-hmm. team and, they're, and, and they're fo- they're, they follow their players. So go over there, be, be, mm-hmm. go outside the box, have the, maybe get the South American market uh, I know Independiente fans that are following Real just because of Maxi Mesa. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a couple of uh, Dutch people or Tottenham fans just tuning in sometimes to a Monterrey match or watching the highlights. On yeah, it. I always get asked if Jansen is starting or, or they, they, they either quote seat or they, they text um, below, say, and either are happy when they see Jansen, you know, getting into the game or, or asking when he's going to start. So, you know, you have people curious. It's up to Rylos yeah. to like pull imagine, them in. Imagine go to the Netherlands, play against Aseta Alkmaar, uh, a friendly. I'm sure you'll get people there, especially with Jensen. Yeah. Go to Paraguay. People go watch Celso Ortiz. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff that they yeah. can do. I don't like the friendlies where they go to San Antonio, they go to Laredo, they go to McAllen. And they play against Cruz Azul, Santos, and Tijuana. Like, come on! Yeah, man. that's that's that, like if you're if you're trying to go your brand, that's not going to grow it. Like, you're no. just you're just playing in your comfort zone. You're you're happy where you're at, you know. Yeah, and, know. and you can you can obviously you can be happy where you're at, but you can also grow. Like, you, you can like I'm just gonna make this about me, but like PSG in 0809 or somewhere in that time frame. They were battling. They were battling relegation. Like they weren't the powerhouse that they are now. And then when the Qataris bought them, yes, they put money into the club. But then they started buying players that have some kind of name recognition. Zlatan, you know, Cavani, Neymar, Mbappe. And in that, you know, they bought them in 2011. So in those eight years, they've not only bought name players to put their brand. You know, obviously Paris is a sleeping a sleeping giant just because it's in Paris. It's it's Paris, and but you still need people smart enough to not not only just put the money in, but execute the plan. You know, have people in marketing, have people social media, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, you know, PSG now has one of the top four marketing, or not marketing, but kit deals. They've, uh, they have the Jordan collaboration. They have so many different collaborations. Like it's like, it's like it, it took, it didn't even, you know, if, like I said, if somebody would have told you in 08 that PSG was going to be the, the, the club that does the Jordan collaboration with, with shoes, et cetera, you know, you would have been like, no, that's, that's, you're, you're crazy, you know? So it's, it's not out of the norm to say, Hey, you know, obviously they're not Monterrey can't be PSG, but you know they can be their own brand. They can be recognizable with the likes of Flamengo, Gremio, you know, and, and those type of clubs. And they should be playing more South American clubs in the in the summer times, you know, like or organize these friendlies where they play. Like they're they're doing a good job against Sevilla. They're playing Sevilla, I think is it November or October, you know, but it, it's in Houston, you know. So you're gonna get your your good cat, you know, your fan bases and everything, but, and you're gonna get you're gonna if um I'm not I think it's during an international break, so I don't know if they're gonna have Sevilla's gonna have um chicharito, so I don't know if you're gonna be able to grab the casual Mexican fans, you know, there in in Houston, you know, I mean, if he doesn't get the call up, then yeah, that works to your benefit, you know, because you're gonna see people who want to see chicharito, um. But, you know, like I said, you want to grab people who are the casual fans who follow the guy Mekis, but don't have a club or, or don't really have a, you know, they can be persuaded to following your club, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. the hardcore fans, the hardcore fans are the hardcore fans. They're like, no, you're not going to win them over. But the casuals and creating new fans, that's where you can grow your brand. And that's going to be up to Monterrey and how much they want to put into that, because they have the potential. I mean, they have the financial backing. It's just again you know what do they want to do with that they gotta like we said they gotta start playing outside of their comfort zones and play against big clubs not no offense to any of these clubs but not like tijuana not not leon not not santos that's not going to grow your brand like people already know those clubs you know if if you play against flamingo in at least maybe dallas you know for example let's let's just start off there you're going to get people that want to see Flamingo too because they've heard about this club, you know, but they've never been able to see it, you know? Like, if yeah. if, if Rados were playing LAFC, I'd go there. Not just because I'm a Rados fan, but, you know, I want to see Carlos Vela versus, mm-hmm. you know, a Mexican club. Or if it's, you know, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have him. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure he's going to get sold in the wintertime, but if, if Gremio was playing... Rados right here at at the Bank of California. I want to see Everton, you know. Like I've, I've only seen him play for his national team. I've not seen him play for Gremio. I want to see how he looks like for Gremio. So it's just like, if 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 you're able to execute, you know, your opponent well, you'll get, you know, it, it's just better, better strategy wise when organizing some of these friendlies. You know, like I, like I said, kudos to Chivas, even though they got their butts kicked in the ICC, but at least they attached their 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 logo to some some of the biggest clubs in Europe, you know? Or not the biggest clubs, but like some really good European teams, you know? And and then they attached their their name to Boca and River. So it's like why can't Riles do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, we we went on a little rant there just because we want to see our club be recognized internationally. And I'm pretty sure 
if Mexican clubs were playing in the Libertadores, that would be that would go a long way to, to helping them yeah. be more recognized because people in Europe follow the Libertadores. There's a reason why De Rossi is at Boca. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why he's that's why he's there. You know, because he's he's followed Boca in the in the Libertadores. You know, and that's why the Libertadores was held in 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 Madrid. You know, so it's like. Mm-hmm. They somehow, hopefully, in the next decade or so, they can get back into that. But for the meantime, you just gotta rely heavily on on your marketing team, your social media team, and when you organize friendlies, organize them against clubs that had some name recognition. You know, not just comfort clubs. You know, like the clubs you're used to playing um, week in and week out. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean. Like I said, they have the money to potentially be a, uh, a recognizable brand. But yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's transition now to some of the questions. I know you got a question in your in your messages or in the in, when you tweeted it out. So pull it up, Pat. Yes, I got that question, and it's from Alan Ramos. He's called Alan McAllen, <laughs> nine nine fifty six. Uh, yeah, he asked, well, what do you think if we hijack America's system? I think our players can execute better. And he puts, um, well, he puts a picture of America's system, but uh, in the comment he puts how we will line up. So first of all, of course, Barbero. Then we have four in the back, Medina in the right side, Montes, Nico, and Layun in a left back. Then Celso Ortiz, in front of him, Charlie Rodriguez. To the right, Maxi Mesa. To the left, Gallardo. And then up top, Funes Mori and Jansen. So it looks like it's a 4 1 1 2 2. Unless it looks 4 1. Yeah. Or 4 1 3 2. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how. Like, I, I, I'm guessing these are attacking wings rather than like regular midfield. You know, yeah. like you know, it's not a regular left midfielder, right midfielder. These look more like they're they're more resembling attacking wings from his lineup. And I'm not sure if this is the same as America. I don't know if Ibarra and the other guy are um, more of on the attacking wing side, or or they're playing their natural midfielder position. But when you have Gallardo, Gallardo's gonna go up to the you know to the box. He's not gonna you know he's not shy to get up there. Obviously, Mesa too. So I was like, maybe it's a four-one-one-two-two. Two. But if he goes four-one-three-two, then. But yeah, no, I, I like it. Um, as much as it pains me to to praise America, but you know, Guido Rodriguez is probably the one of the best midfielders in the league, and I, I think maybe Celso Ortiz would be up for it. But if 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 he's not, then obviously then. You got to find someone that is. I think this is a really solid um, formation. I, I would go with it just because you get both Funes Mori and Jansen into the lineup. Yeah, I like it because of that. Uh, maybe we can obviously, well, I don't know, like, you know, on the left with Gallardo in front of him. That yeah, that's the one that, that kind of scares me a little bit because both of them defensively. Yeah. Yeah, they have rewards defensively. But maybe like when Pizarro comes back, you put Gallardo 
you put him instead of Gallardo, uh, that would be really cool. And then you have Dorlan and Pizarro and Gallardo or Layun uh, in the bench. So that's like four super subs or three super subs. And uh, you have Funes Mori and Jansen up top. I like it. I wish uh, our coach would do something like this just to change it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be up to Diego Alonso, and, and we're going to see what he does because, you know, eventually people want to see both strikers and see what they can do for a full 90 minutes, you know, or at least close to 90 minutes because both of them play well. I mean, both of them are starting to, you know, find their groove. I mean, like we said, we saw Jansen score yesterday, and that's always a confidence booster. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, because I, I want to see both of these strikers play together now for a good amount of time. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, I think that was the only question we had. Um, yeah. Uh, again, thanks to Alan. And, yeah, but switching to the women's side, um, Raelas, they've... They've made some news, even though they're they're in their rest their rest not their rest week, but I guess they you know they're they played uh two jornadas in one week, so you know obviously this past week, um you know all the clubs took a took a week off, but um you know then there was some news that I really found interesting was that Rayadas and Tigres Femenil, um not this past Monday but the last Monday, uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, their matchup was in the top twenty five. For for matches watched, like how many viewers turned in to watch that match, and to put it into perspective, that match was watched more than the rivalry, quote unquote, between New York City FC and New York Red Bull. So more people watched the Liga MX Feminine match than an MLS rivalry match, mm-hmm. and so. This just got me to think that whenever Rayadas and Tigres play, that TV or that match has to be on TV in the United States because all the, those numbers aren't Mexican. You know, they're not from Mexico. Those numbers that are uh, that were shown are all from the United States. So if I'm Liga MX Femenil, I'm doing everything in my power to put Rayadas and Tigres on TV for everybody to watch. And that's when I tweeted out that Fox Deportes needs to get their act together because whenever they're playing um, at the BBVA, then they have the right, you know. Fox Sports has the right, you know, obviously because they have the contract with Monterrey. And so if if I'm Liga MX family, I'm asking, hey, can we get this match on Fox Deportes, you know? Mm-hmm. Because... People want to watch it, you know. Yeah. And if, if they don't want to show it or whatever the reason it is, then I'm if I'm Liga Mackey's family, I'm trying to get just Rayadas rights to their matches and the sold in the U.S. to to the NA or something, you know. Make it try to make any kind of deal where people here in the U.S. can watch that matchup, you know. Mm-hmm. Because that's their key, that's their rivalry. That's that's the key matchup. You know, no offense to the, any other clubs, but Rayadas and Tigres. That's the marquee matchup for for Liga MX Femenil. And obviously, they faced each other twice already in the finals. And if I'm like I said, if I'm Liga MX Femenil, I'm I'm 
doing everything I can to have that matchup, you know, on TV, accessible to everybody here in the U.S. Yeah, I think, um, uh, like we said, the Liga MX is one of the most, or yeah, the most watched league over here. Uh, it's only normal that Liga MX family will continue that. Uh, and people are going to be watch, wanting to watch it. It's already done good stuff, really good stuff. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I, th I mean, at the end of the day, it's time, especially with this league. It's very new, three years old. I'm sure when, whenever, whenever you know, it's ha it's had its years. Uh, teams are starting to settle down. You you have some rivalry starting to heat up, and. Uh, and and you know you st you start having like records broken because some players are retired already and all that things will start to heat up for sure mm -hmm. so I think it's more time than anything else with yeah. with the league. Oh yeah, no, no, I think that. But I, what my 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 key is that whenever Rayalas and Tigres play, like that has to be on TV. Like no no excuses. That has to be on TV in the US. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Just because, think, and plus the games are entertaining. Like it's not like one nothing snooze fest. There's always some type of drama, you know. No, yeah, 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 yeah totally. I think, um, I think so, and I think it should, especially because they're the two biggest, really, yeah. in the Liga MX Femenina. Yeah, because yeah, I know when uh, they play at the Universitario for Tigres, do then it has the rights. You know, they can show that matchup no problem. But it's just when they play at the BBVA that. You know, it gets complicated because Fox Sports in Mexico has the rights to them. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, Fox Sports here in the U.S. doesn't air their matches. So that's where it has to change. You know, that's where if I'm Liga Mekis family, I'm trying to figure out how we can get this game aired in the U.S., you know. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. That that has to change because, when, like I said, when you look at the, those numbers for for Rayadas and Tigres to beat out uh a rivalry, you know, an MLS rivalry matchup, that's, yeah, and to be in the top 25, you know, yeah, that's yeah. huge. <laughs> that's huge, you know, considering how much uh, soccer we are able to consume with, you know, you have the Liga Mekis, MLS, Premier League, and La Liga and other leagues, you know, that people will here watch in the U.S. and for a Liga Mekis feminine matchup to be in the top 25, yeah, that's huge, like I said. Um, yeah. One last thing on Rayalas before we also wrap up this podcast. They've signed um, their last um, or their, their last slot for a, a Mexican American uh, player was uh, filled. They signed. I'm gonna butcher her last name because apparently she's Mexican, Serbian, American, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's Tanya. Oh God, Summer I think it's Samarsic. Tanya Samarsic. Um, but yeah, she. I saw. I saw the video of her talking. Uh, she's played with some of the players before, um, either in college or with the Mexican national team. So she's familiar. I think she said with like Daniela Solis. Um, I think Rebecca Bernal or some, you know, she's familiar with some of the players, so she knows how they play. So even though she's already jumping on a moving train, she kind of knows how other how some of the players play. So that's a good thing to know. And it's just, it's just another Mexican American, so you know, it's 
we'll we'll see how this all folds out. Um, the Rayadas play on Monday or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, um, against America Feminine. So that's going to be a big matchup. Uh, yeah, uh, Pat, if you want to add anything else before we go. No, I think hopefully, you know, it's a new, new signing. Hopefully, we, we just want that championship with Rayadas. It's kind of the same with Rayadas. I'm trying to, I'm, trying to, I'm still not over that loss. I'm still trying to no. put it behind me. I mean, I know, again, it's just, it's just because that's the last match they've played. And, you know, it's been a while, but I don't know. We'll, 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 I mean, like we said in the last podcast, they're going to run into Tigres again. It just... Depends yeah. where is it in the finals? Is it in the semifinals, et cetera, et cetera? So we'll see. We'll see where where, where this this all leads to uh, where 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 it leads Rayadas in the future. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's everything. Even though you know there wasn't much going on, I mean, uh, there's still some topics to discuss. Um, I think what is it on Tuesday? Mexico place is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Pat, I'm not sure if you know. Um, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday against Argentina. Um, yeah, there should be two players um, from Rados at least in the lineup, at least from the forecast. But you know, it's gonna be a really. It's I think this is gonna be a more competitive match than it was against the U.S. Just because, I mean, it's it's Argentina. I mean, they they don't have Messi or some of the bigger players, but they're still. You know, there's still some talent, so it's gonna be, you know, a really good matchup. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for sure. Uh, anything else to add, Pat? Before we go, uh, um, I think I'm. I want uh, club soccer to come back. I'm not quite ready to watch Rayados back. I just want for them to get their time, relax, think about what they're doing. Hopefully, Diego Alonso is having a good international break. Well, he looked very casual on yesterday. He looked he, he wasn't in a suit. You know, he wasn't in a, a suit. He was more like if it, if you were working at a casual, a professional casual environment. You know, he looked like he was, you know, he looked like he wasn't in, in his serious mode. He wasn't in a suit and tie. So, yeah. here's hoping he's relaxed and ready for next Thanks. Saturday against Nekaxa. Yeah, yeah, pretty much that because uh, yeah, you know we left off the international break not ha- not not on a high note and uh, like we said before we just want that uh, comfortable win soon where we can get a little bit more relaxed or not relaxed but a little bit more um, confidence in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I one last thing I I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the last podcast but if I didn't. We did cross 2,000 followers on Twitter, so really appreciate everyone that follows either for the gift content, the podcast, or both. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, we've and like I always tell you guys, it's it's weird how we started something in February, but it, and it just took off because not to you know brag a little bit, but we're probably the you know have we're the like English language. Twitter account that follows or that covers a Liga Mekis club with the most followers. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's, crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah, that, that, that's just, it blows my mind sometimes when I look at the numbers. Cause it's just like, especially not being like the biggest team in Mexico. Yeah. Anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
we're doing our part to make it a the team be international. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can throw us a bone or two. But I but yeah, we, I think we you know are do, are definitely doing our part and probably more than what should we we probably more than what you would have expect for you know uh, yeah. a podcast. Uh, just talking about this about the team in English, but you know we've had some cool guests, we've had some cool interviews. Uh, we have a cool and cool people following us and giving us a yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. tweet or a tag, yeah, like liking, this past the or video, just, yeah. I mean, Diego Armando Marandina yesterday quote tweeted the the Saldivar myth, and then today he uh, Rompas tweeted something out, and he was just like, you know, he just retweeted it or quote tweeted it. So, you know, it's crazy when you see those type of people, you know using your stuff or or tweeting stuff out for you so you know really appreciate everybody that that listens and that follows and and all that stuff so yeah yeah anyways but um yeah next week should be more fun uh hopefully we'll probably have rompas back um he was bumped because uh you did your interview with fernando ceballos and when you have hit fernando you know no offense to Rompas, but you got to go with Fernando. But he'll be back <laughs> next week, and then hopefully Pam, too, will be back. Uh, so um, I'm Eddie. Pat, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>